You are listening to Canecast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rednick Investment Management Team. Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Senior Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick. And with me today, I have Chris Wright, Portfolio Manager of the Kane Anderson Rudnick Long Short Portfolio. Chris, thanks as always for being here and taking the time to provide this insight to our listeners. Hi, Jordan. Chris, let's start out with equity markets and their strong performance during the fourth quarter in stark contrast to the first quarter of 2020. With the election behind us and the first phase distribution of COVID-19 taking place, are there any changes you anticipate making with relation to your portfolio? I want to start by saying, first and foremost, the announcements of multiple viable vaccines for COVID-19 are a huge positive for all of mankind. You know, a return to normal now seems like a real possibility instead of a distant aspiration. So it's not surprising that the market has reacted positively to this favorable development, and many companies that were eviscerated during the economic pullback from the pandemic are now seeing a resurgence as investors expect the financials of these beaten up companies to fully recover. As it relates to the long-short strategy, our portfolio decisions are driven by bottom-up research and not macro movements in the market. So while there may be a temptation for some to hold their nose and buy a basket of low-quality businesses in the hopes of participating in a, and I'll use air quotes here, recovery trade, that is something we askew. You know, I think the events of 2020 should reinforce for everyone that the world is uncertain and market corrections can happen quickly and viciously. We will continue to look for high-quality businesses at reasonable prices to own on the long side while shorting companies that are of low quality and the things that we've always done. However, I will acknowledge that we are mindful of the fact that even after we begin a return to normal, there is a high likelihood that some consumer and business behavior may be permanently changed because of the pandemic. As the recovery evolves, our long-term outlook on some holdings on both the long and short side may change or be reinforced. This is something that we are continuing to monitor. Chris, can you provide an example of key contributor during the fourth quarter of 2020 for the long-short portfolio, as well as a detractor? Our best performing stock in Q4 was Media Alpha, ticker MAX. Media Alpha has created a two-sided digital transaction platform that enables leading auto insurance carriers to bid for and buy customer referrals from auto insurance price comparison sites and other auto insurance companies. The business benefits from a growing network effect and has seen strong adoption driven by insurance carriers transitioning towards digital distribution as consumers shift their auto insurance buying activities towards online methods. The shift to digital advertising by carriers has accelerated during the pandemic, which has been a further tailwind for the business. Rounding out the top five contributors in the quarter were advertising technology company The Trade Desk, ticker TTD, lawn care and hydroponic equipment supplier Scott's Miracle Grow, ticker SMG, outdoor billboard company Lamar Advertising Company, ticker LAMR, and sales tax software provider Avalara ticker AVLR. Our bottom five contributors to performance were all short positions, which shouldn't be surprising given the rally that we've seen since November. Our worst performing investment during the period was a short position in an equipment rental business. Equipment rental companies tend to compete at the local level based on price and availability of equipment. Pricing is competitive, and without careful discipline at the branch level, Margins can quickly be eroded due to local managers giving away too much price to maintain sales. My own personal viewpoint is that this is a capital-intensive price-competitive industry that is fairly cyclical. While the pandemic continues to pressure this company's revenue, management has done a very good job of controlling expenses 
and CapEx to protect its cash flow. Actually, they've done better than what I thought they could do. This positive outcome combined with the expectation that construction projects are likely to increase in 2021, especially if Congress okays infrastructure spending, has helped to push investor sentiment and the share price higher in Q4. Rounding out the bottom five contributors in the quarter were two companies in transportation services and two companies tied to the office supply market. Again, all of the bottom contributors in Q4 were short positions. With the continued accommodative low-rate environment both domestically and globally, can you talk us through what opportunities or challenges you're uncovering for the portfolio? Fed intervention in the form of low interest rates and corporate bond buying helped to keep the capital markets window open throughout the crisis. Stimulus dollars from Congress have also helped prevent the economy from cratering and allowed banks to avoid material credit losses, which could have caused a downward spiral similar to what we saw during the financial crisis. In summary, I think the positives are that we bought ourselves time to lessen the blow from the pandemic until vaccines are widely distributed. Unfortunately, I think the downside here is that we may have pumped so much liquidity into the system that asset bubbles may be forming and there are companies that should have been restructured or gone away that have been able to kick the can down the road by adding near-term liquidity in the form of more debt. Clearly, this is not a sustainable situation, so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out over the next few years. With respect to our process, little has changed on the long side as we remain hyper-focused on identifying companies with durable competitive advantages. Admittedly, the current environment is challenging for a short seller. High-yield spreads continue to compress in the debt market, and there is an abundance of dry powder held by both PE buyers and SPACs that are chasing deals. Proceed with caution is the best way that I can summarize how we are approaching our short book in the current environment. But thankfully, we have never participated in heavily shorted names, so we have been able to avoid the short squeeze situations that have recently garnered attention within the financial market media. Chris, there's been a great deal of discussion around reversion to the mean with value-leading growth. How does this factor into your overall investment process, and what do you think investors should be most focused on? I think applying labels like value versus growth isn't very helpful to investors. The outcome of an investment is not based on whether the business is growing rapidly or slowly. It is based on the price paid versus the value received. The value of a business is tied to the future cash flows it can generate for its owners. Please note that I said future cash flows. Cash flows generated five years ago are irrelevant to the owner today. From my perspective, the best way for an investor to gain a reasonable level of conviction as to the future earnings power of a business is to first focus on what are the competitive protections of that company. In other words, why will customers continue to buy that company's goods or services at margins that are attractive to the company? Now, depending on where a company is in its corporate life cycle, those future earnings streams could be growing rapidly or slowly, and those growth rates will, of course, factor into the price we are willing to pay. But again, that is a decision that is made once we have conviction in the size of the moat around the business. We at Keen Anderson Rudnick never buy a business simply because it's cheap, nor do we buy a company simply because it's growing faster than the market. As a result, we try not to get caught up in this discussion of value versus growth, and instead remain focused on finding companies with protectable businesses that should be able to generate attractive returns on capital going forward. Chris, the last question. Since April, markets have been exceptionally strong, leading to an environment of a rising tidal lift saw boats. The Russell 2000 and 2500 indexes have between 35 to 40% of companies with negative earnings and in some cases significant leverage on their balance sheet. 
when looking at your portfolio, what are some of these considerations moving into 2020 and beyond, and how do these factors impact your investment process? The rally that began in November following the election results and announcement of two viable vaccines for COVID has resulted in a rotation into beaten up names and out of companies that have thrived during the pandemic. The investor rationale here is simple. It's buying up the beaten up companies because as the economy opens, those companies will show significant earnings growth in the near term. So question is, will the current market be on a similar trajectory as what we saw back in 2016 and 2017? And the answer is, I don't know. I have no special insights as to when the frothiness that appears to be bubbling up in the market will end, but I believe that this shall pass at some point. Instead, I focus on what I can control, and that is doing bottom-up research on each and every one of our long and short investment ideas. Chris, as always, thank you very much for the time and insight you provide our listeners and looking forward to future conversations. Thank you again, Jordan, for inviting me to speak, and I look forward to catching up with you next quarter. Canecast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rutnick Investment Management, CAR. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of their recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in the market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.